Man, time really does fly fast. Dave asked me to, uh, if I'd be interested sometime in November to, to, to talk, and that was like a while ago. It seemed like I had tons of time, and bang, it's here. But welcome, everyone. And what a great day. Here it is, fall. We get to set our clocks ahead, and and uh, amazing thing about that is you either got an extra hour of sleep, or you are here on time, unlike in the spring when you get an opportunity to, to uh, be late for church by not doing your clocks. Um, I welcome you all here. And he blessed us with a beautiful day. Um, the first service we opened with a song called Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here. And I always love that song um, because he is welcome here. He is welcome here in our in our midst. And uh, and our church shows that very well. Well, today, our message, um, the message is, is going to come from the scriptures, uh, um, from the letter of John, from 1 John chapter 4. And um, has a, it has a lot to say there. But first, I want to talk a little bit about, about John and... Uh, and about the time, <clears throat> here it is, when he wrote this letter, he wrote this letter to all the churches. It's just, uh, they all needed a little stirring back in the right direction, but he looked at all the churches and the believers at that time. But he wrote this about, it says between 85 and 90 A.D., which is close to about 50 years after Christ was crucified. And he's writing and teaching all along, and uh, I don't know about you, but when I when I look back into scriptures and I read back into the scriptures and and I and I hear the things that Christ did, I'm thinking, what an amazing man! What a what a cool cool thing that that he was able to do. The, the other thing is, um, John was right there. John was right there. John got to walk with Jesus Christ as a person. He got to be right there. He saw the miracles that Jesus did. And not only did they put those down on paper, and they did their very best, but what I can't, you know, and, and it affects you as you read that, but we didn't have the same experience that they did. We did not see, and I'd like to imagine the compassion that's in Jesus' eyes when people came to him to touch him, to be around him, to touch his clothes. I didn't haven't see it's hard to imagine the the eyes and the the delight in the faces of those who had just opened their eyes for the first time and was able to see. Someone who couldn't walk and all of a sudden was able to walk. He saw all that. He saw not only the miracles, but he saw the joy and the love that Christ had for those people and was able to see that. John also got to see his teacher nailed to the cross, thinking, oh man, I've just lost my best friend. But then three days later, he was reunited with Christ as Christ came to see his disciples and his apostles and, and, uh, 
and talk with them. He's alive. He'd beaten death. Amazing. My Savior has overcome even being nailed to the cross. He's got all these stories to share with the people of the time, and he's trying to put all these teachings down. Um, then only that, he got to witness Christ's ascension into heaven. This, this guy has a lot of first-hand knowledge, first-person knowledge to share. Well, now he's writing 50 years later because there's been one or two generations since this has happened, and there's things that are happening that they knew were going to happen, um, and people were slipping off a little bit. They had people come in and telling them things that, yeah, that really wasn't the person it was. So John is writing this message to the believers to uh, to get them back on track. Well, the, the scriptures today are called have two sections. One is uh, you know it's called love and discernment, but the first one is uh, has to do with discernment. And uh, so I'm going to get my glasses. I want to go on from there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be reading the the, the text um, from the message, and uh, and this is from First John chapter four. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There's a lot of lying preachers loose in this world. Here's how to test for the genuine spirit of God. Everyone who confesses openly his faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person, comes from God and belongs to God. And everyone who refuses to confess faith in Jesus has nothing in common with God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that you heard was coming. Well, here it is. Sooner than we thought. My dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You have already won a big victory over those false teachers. For the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. These people belong to the Christ-denying world. They talk the world's language, and the world eats it up. But we come from God and belong to God, and anyone who knows God understands us and listens. The person who has nothing to do with God will, of course, not listen to us. This is another test for telling the spirit of truth from the spirit of deception. He already is telling them about the fact that there's others trying to give you messages that may or may not be true. And I'm thinking, this is only 50 years after Jesus' time. How well it parallels with what's going on in our lives today. We see and hear all kinds of things. Um, we're able to read all kinds of versions of what the truth may or may not be. Um, we need to hold fast to, to what really is true and, and uh, test those things. And so in the footnotes of this, this little portion, it says, Do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have, come, they have comes from God. It means 
that we don't believe everything we we hear just because someone said it, it is a message from God. There are many ways to test teachers to see if the message is truly from the Lord. One is to check to see if the words match what God says in the Bible. What Jesus taught them. God in human form. Other tests include their commitment to the body of believers, their lifestyle, and the fruit of their ministry. But the most important test of all, says John, is what they believe about Christ. Do they teach that Jesus is fully God and fully man? Our world is filled with voices claiming to speak for God. Giving them these tests to see, give them these tests to see if indeed they are speaking God's truth. It's easy to be frightened by the wickedness we see all around us and overwhelmed by the problems we face. Evil is obviously much stronger than we are. John assures us, however, that God is even stronger. He will conquer evil, and his spirit and his word will live on in our hearts. Yeah. You know, this is, like I said, it's amazing that the things at that time, the scriptures were, you know, the New Testaments were just being, and letters were just being put together. And he's, he's trying to keep everyone on track, doing his very, very best. We're so fortunate now that we, we can go right to the scriptures anytime we have a question about what's being said. Take it to God in prayer and, uh, and sort out the direction he has for us. The next part is about his directions for love. And i got to tell you, I am blessed. I am blessed not only because of uh, my faith in Jesus Christ, but every single morning um, I have uh, three individuals who, who tell me to love me and give me a big hug. Every single night we end the same way. We tell them that we love them, give them a hug, and tuck them into bed. You know, there's times during the days when uh, sometimes the waters aren't always as smooth as we had hoped for that day, but had go the way we had wanted them. But we still love each other. We pull each other together, and we're able to give each other a hug and say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get through this." You know, and uh, and that's the way. That's the way. It, it is. It just. It doesn't matter well, how the day really went. When it comes to the end of the day, I love you. Christ is the same way with us. Probably only on so much a grander scale than that. He created us so that he have individuals to love. So we know he loves us. We're made in his his faith, and so he's there, shining down on us as soon as we open our eyes in the morning. God's on, hey, they're awake. Let's see what they're going to do today. So I got a plan for them. Let's see what they're going to do today. So, <clears throat> and when we get ready to go to bed at night, no matter how our days went, we can turn those things over to Christ. He'll lift those burdens from our heart. He wants to tuck us in. He wants to pass on the past. You know, he didn't 
get that quite right today, but guess what? We're going to start over tomorrow. I'm going to be walking alongside you tomorrow. Maybe we can do a better job. He's, he, wants us, he wants us to know the depth of his love, that no matter what, he's going to be there. So, <clears throat> John goes on to, to talk about this a little bit in, in, a, in a way that explains that God is, God is love. My beloved friend, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and expresses a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love does not know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This the kind of love we're this is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away of our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship. Even though we've sinned, Christ comes to forgive us for that and clear that way for our relationship with him. This is how we know we're living steady and deeply in him and that he is in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen ourselves, seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son as a Savior for the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in the intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it in our heart and soul, and it's love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up, when it takes up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God, and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home, and mature in us, so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical to Christ. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling and fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. We, though, <coughs> are going to love. Love and be loved. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. If everyone boasts that I love God and goes right out on hating his brother and sister, thinking nothing of it, he's a liar. If you won't love the person you can see, then how can you love this God that we cannot see? The command we have on from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. He gives us that opportunity to show Christ through us. And he expects that. He gives us all the tools, and we have the people here 
all we have to do is open up and let the Spirit fill us up. If you open your heart to God and He pours in there, He pours in not only enough for you, but He pours in enough love for your neighbor too. It's poured out, it's, it's going to overflow. We just have to allow it to do that. Over, be, allow His Word to become so much a part of your life and His love to be so much a part of your life that when you're smiling in line with someone and they're wondering what's it about, just, hey, take a little of this. i got so much of God's love that it's just going to spill on you. It won't hurt. you know. And uh, we get to plant the seeds and encourage them Encourage them to come and find out more about Christ, slowly unlocking their hearts so they can turn their hearts and and their hurts over to Him so that when the time comes, they have nothing to fear for that relationship and love of Christ is in them and Christ is accepting of them and has, you know, so much more to offer. I also was reading a, a little clip of, of a book uh, that was sent to me. It's called Epic. But all it is is a reminder that our lives here today is just this one little chapter in the book of what's going to happen to us. Our life here on earth is just one little chapter. There's a huge epic story. And when we get to the next chapter, with, we're face-to-face and walking with God. It's going to be more beautiful than we can ever imagine right here. We'll be able to see that Lord's face, the compassion in his face, and the joy on those who have gone there before us. And thanks be to God for that. I'm going to close in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for being here. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for those we're sitting in the pews right here now who are part of my church family. I thank you for the love that spilled out from them and landed on me. I ask you to fill us all to overflowing and keep our eyes on you, Lord. Not be drawn off base by the things that we see and hear. Let us keep coming back to your word, your teaching, and the life that you have laid out for us. And all these things would give thanks. Amen.